return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you, Lord. Deb calls back and have her come up here. So let's welcome Deb. Amen. As she comes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Randon. Thank you for the leadership of this church. I love preaching the word. We love hearing the word, right? Father, we love you. We're so grateful for the word that's forever settled in heaven. Lord, at the end, when everything falls down and it's not even existing anymore, your word is what's going to remain forever and ever and ever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, grant us your Holy Spirit tonight to give us the revelation that we need. Turn on the light of our hearts and our minds and our spirits. May they be set on fire tonight to receive every part of truth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I'm titling my message tonight, There's Another World. Another dimension, if you will, of the supernatural. So Jesus spoke often of this other world. He called it the kingdom of God. Paul referred to it as living in the spirit. We could call it heaven's reality. We could call it the world of the supernatural. I'm talking about the eternal, the unseen as opposed to the entire physical world that we can see and touch and taste and feel and experience. But God's world is on a different, a completely different dimension. It's a realm where righteousness rules and life and blessing as opposed to the curse and the domain of death and the curse. I'd like to start tonight by peeking at John chapter 17, verses 14 through 19. The context is here that Jesus has just finished his last supper with his disciples. Judas has just left the table, yielded to the enemy's plan to betray Jesus. Jesus proceeds then to give some of his last words. He wants to unload all this stuff on his heart to his disciples, some of the richest scripture in the world, John 14, 15, and 16. And uh, then he proceeds to commune and converse with his father in the hearing of the disciples because it's all published, put in print here in John chapter 17. And I used to kind of avoid this part of the scripture because it's a little heavy, like, what is he talking about? I'm not sure I really get all this, but I'm going to attempt a little bit here. Okay, we're going to start actually in the Passion Translation. I gave that to you, didn't I? John 17, verse 11. There it is. Okay, so he says, Holy Father, I'm about to leave this world to return and to be with you. But my disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one. Watch over them. Then verse 13, I'm returning to you, Father. I pray that they, my disciples, 
Can you stay back in the passion just for a minute yet? Here we go. I pray that my disciples, and if you read verse 20 later, you're going to see that he's talking about you and I, all the disciples that are going to follow later. I'm praying that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it's fulfilled in them and overflows. In case you didn't know, Jesus' prayers get answered. (laughs) And this this is one of his prayers for you and I, that joy would be so fulfilled in us that it would overflow. So you can take that to the bank. It should be overflowing right now. We can claim that one. Okay, now we'll go to that verse in NIV, which simply says, May they have the full measure of my joy within them. I mean, we can have all kinds of excuses. Well, it's not in my genetics. I mean, I grew up with grumpy father and an irritable mother. And No, here's what we have from the Holy Spirit, the full measure of my joy. Okay, now we're going to go to the New King James, starting in verse 14. Jesus is praying still, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Key phrase right here. You might want to even underline this in your Bible. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Preserve them. and That's what he's asking. Father, just preserve them from all the evil influences of the world. Verse 16, now notice it shows up again. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I'm telling you, this was a big deal for Jesus. 41 times in the book of John, friends, he mentions that he was sent by the Father. 41 times. It's very much a part of Jesus' consciousness that he was sent from another world. And then he prays, verse 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is talking about his disciples, but remember, he's also talking about you and I. Verse 19, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So a couple things here. First, in the Greek, this word sanctify is hagiotso. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it means to make holy. It means to consecrate, it means to set apart, it means to separate. So he's asking the Father to separate them, to separate us by the truth. Now most of us have the understanding that God's words have that purifying effect to the, to the place that we live these pure lives and are distinguished then from the rest of the sinners in the world. Well, they're sinners and we're now righteous in Christ. And it's true, God's words have an absolutely purifying effect. But, not, well, let me back up. They have a purifying effect. Our spirits get downright revived and refreshed, right? But it also has a purifying effect on our minds, on our wills, and our emotions. We should come out of prayer time, worship time, changed, refreshed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, that being said, Jesus had a lot more in mind than just, I want to purify your heart and your mind. Because the Greek for truth is actually the word reality. 
So what he's saying is sanctify them, separate them by your truth. He's petitioning his father to separate them, to separate us, to set them apart by your reality. Sanctify them, separate them by your reality. And then he clarifies your word is reality. I mean, you just have to kind of let this sit and kind of meditated on it for a while because I've been meditating on this on, on for weeks now. I'm telling you, there is another reality, friends. There is another world, this other dimension of the supernatural, which we often refer to, Jesus referred to it as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it's how Jesus lived. It's how the supernatural showed up consistently and constantly in his life. He lived in the flesh like you and I do. But he lived and abided in this alternate reality, and so can you and I. Jesus was the Son of God. And, you know, I grew up thinking, well, he was above average. Well, he was because he was 100% God, but he was a human being like you and, he, you and I. He, his lungs, he needed to breathe air. He needed to sleep. He needed to eat. But Philippians 2, and like I started to say, a lot of Christendom has this idea that he knew everything. That he had all power. Yes, but why? So do you and I. He got it because he had the Holy Spirit. And so can you and I. We can, we can um, that's our goal, right? <laughs> We're trying to be like Jesus. But the fact is, Jesus is already in us. That song that we sang tonight, I don't remember ever hearing that one. He's bigger than what people say. The truth is, every one of us are bigger than what people say. Or what your neighbor says. Or even what you think. We have this big, big God in us with all this supercharged power. The power of Christ rests upon us. That's one of the big verses the Lord gave me this week. Anyway, Philippians 2.7. I know, is it Ben? Get you mixed up with your brother. Here's what it says. Instead, he gave up. Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He laid them all aside. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being, and he, when he appeared in human form. He came on purpose in the flesh to show us that it can be done by a human being and that we can live in this other reality, one that supersedes the world and all of its impossibilities. So when he prays, Father, sanctify them and the ones coming after, sanctify them, direct them how to live in this alternate reality of the kingdom of life in the midst of the kingdom of death. Separate them. Teach them how to tap into, how to draw from heaven's reality. Were you born with this ability? Anybody? No, it's a big learning process. Jesus' life on the earth was to bring salvation, yes, to reveal the love of the Father, but it was so much more. He was consistently, I mean, I'm reading the Bible differently these days. I read this morning about Peter walking on the water and thinking, you know, when Jesus was walking on that water, this human being having dominion over the water, and Peter says, hey, I want to do that. Jesus never said, oh, you cannot do this. Don't even think about it. No, he said, go ahead, let's do it. 
I mean, we don't even think like that anymore, do we? We have to start expanding our imagination and realize who we have in us and these possibilities that we have. Hallelujah. So um, the good news is that there, well, what I was just sharing is supposed to be good news. <laughs> There's lots of times when, do you ever feel like an alien in this world? You should, because we're not of this world. We are of this kingdom reality. We have been born of God. John, 1 John 4, 4 says, you, dear children, you, put your name in there. You, Levi, you're born from God. And look at what God announces. You have overcome. You have overcome them. What's, what's he talking about? He's talking about every entity that will ever come against the Lord Jesus Christ. You have overcome because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. But how many times does the enemy come with all these thoughts and ideas and suggestions? That disease is bigger. That impossibility is bigger. That obstacle, that challenge, it's too much. We have to renew our minds consistently. I mean, just today the Lord says, I just want you to overdose on the word of God until it's just reality for you. Wow. Hallelujah. Belonging to the kingdom of heaven is a big advantage, friends. (laughs) Living and walking in the consciousness of being the righteousness of God in Christ. Dwelling in the light as opposed to the darkness. Being under the blessing instead of the curse. I mean, most of us, I mean, I, we, we grew up attached to the world, plugged into the world. We grew up thinking that only what I see, touch, feel, that's only, the only reality there is, but... There's the other reality, friends, the whole spirit world we have access to. We are at a distinct advantage because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So I'm going to repeat this little paragraph one thing at a time just to kind of clarify. Number one, we belong to the kingdom of heaven. It shouldn't even be a question. That's our origin now. Whether you, I mean, wherever you're from, I grew up on a farm, so I still have these, you know, images, and people probably can't take the farm really out of me because that's who I am. You know, wherever you're from, down south, you still have that accent, and you probably are still Mr. Hospitable. Are you from the south like your wife? No. Really, where are you from? I'm from the northeast. Really? Anybody from the south? No, you are sort of. All right. Well, anyway, wherever we're from, this origin still, it kind of has something to do with who we are, who we, and we become, anyway. Our origin, friends, is the kingdom of God. It's our citizenship. It's who we are now. We can and should be living conscious at all times of being the righteousness of God. And I was meditating on that lately The righteousness, I don't know how you picture it, but yes, it's this breastplate. It's this protection across our heart. But it's not just something we wear. Yes, righteousness is a gift. 
the gift of righteousness, Romans 5 talks about, but it's not just something we carry. It's actually something we become. And I don't think I gave you that verse, but 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus became sin. Became. He didn't just take it on himself, which he took every part of the curse, all the sin, but he became sin. I don't know if it's possible to find that verse, but actually New King James says we, so that we could become the righteousness of God. So we don't just have this beautiful gift that says, hmm, entry into heaven. We don't just have this protection and all of our sins forgiven. We actually become the righteousness of God in Christ. We carry, we are the light. We are the light, the city set on the hill. You don't walk in the room and there's not a big debate about, all right, who's stronger here, the darkness or the light? Oh, got to fight it out. No, the light always wins. Always the light wins. We're under the blessing and not the curse. I maybe shared this story before, but I remember reading about um, some witches going out front of a church and, and throwing these curses out. And the people in the church got all, oh no, oh no, what are we going to do? The witches have cursed us. Listen, friends, the curse has no power over us who are under the blessing. None at all. The blood of Jesus is shouting from the altar of heaven that every curse is broken in Jesus' name. We are seated at the right hand of the Lord of glory, period. <laughs> so this alternate reality, I want you to get excited about it. Yes, we're aliens in the world, meaning that we are not of this world. But we carry the glory of Christ. We are new creatures in Christ. We all know and love that verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17, is that it? We're new creatures in Christ, but the Greek means we are actually new species of being. Like nothing is the same anymore. Praise God. We're not just an updated model. We aren't. We are a new species of being. We are now partakers of the divine nature. I remember I actually uh, heard a lady teach on that, but she said we become gradually if we do everything right. I don't think that's right, friends. I think my spirit man, I believe your spirit man, is already partaker of the divine nature. That kingdom is within us right now. What we want to learn is, how do I learn, live now from this new reality? How do I live from the unseen? Jesus spoke about it to Nicodemus, this alternate reality. John 3, 3, the New Living Testament, he says, I tell you the truth. Thank you, by the way, Ben, for getting that up there. John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. And verse 6, did I give you that also or not? For the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. You can look yourself in the mirror tomorrow and say, I am a supernatural being. I bear the mark of the heavenly man. 
Hallelujah. We are supernatural beings. You are a spirit being. We are alive with the life of Christ within us. Yes, we have a body, but we are essentially spirit beings. That which is eternal cannot be seen most of the time. I mean, God does gift people once in a while. I read a book recently about this guy. Ever since he was three years old, he could see all this stuff in the spirit. Angels and demons and like, do you realize the average church service? Angels are all over the place, flying around. And um, I heard about this little boy who, some family that didn't usually attend church. And um, the preacher went to, well, the father and the mother invited the pastor to visit their home and have supper with him. And they, the, the father kept saying, now, you got to know, we don't ever go to, we never used to go to church. We don't really talk about God. But the other night, our four-year-old boy says to us, did you see Jesus? No. Well, he was there. And he had seen Jesus on the platform, and he had seen all these angels just handing out blessings to people as they had their hands raised. So, anyway, I think it's always exciting. There's angels right in your house, always attending to our needs. Hallelujah. And... um, The peace of God. Okay, so we often talk about peace, but it is a spiritual substance, friends. I mean, the world, what would they do? They they do all kinds of stuff to try to get peace, right? I mean, take a bath, go for a walk, listen to good music. I mean, they got their thousands of ideas. And when they're really desperate, they're taking drugs. We have this supernatural divine substance of peace that we can access 24-7 that calms and quiets and encourages and actually affects our flesh. It's amazing. The joy of the Lord. Another divine substance, friends. It's a divine substance. And the, the world can do their best. I mean, what's that's why they're all out partying, right? I gotta have a little joy. We have this divine substance of joy that gives us strength. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus was not only the way to the Father, he was and is the way to living in this alternate reality. A reality that's full of truth and full of life. A life in which righteousness prevails and heaven is manifested on the earth. That prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, he really meant that prayer. He really wants heaven to be manifested in your life, and in your life, and in your life, and in your neighbor's life. So essentially, there's these two realities. There's flesh, and there's spirit. And come on, I mean, it's easy to get stuck over here in the flesh, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. It can't be true unless I hear it and touch it and experience it right here. But there's this other reality, the unseen, the spiritual. When we're born, every one of us, we're born in the world's reality, where the curse dominates, where there's disease and poverty and death and impossibility every time you turn around. Basically, people, we were left to fend for ourselves. But when we received Christ, 
Life dramatically changed. And for those who don't have Christ yet, if you're listening to this, by any chance, friends, that one is still under the curse, still blinded by the God of this world, still captive to the spirit of disobedience. But just saying yes to the Lord Jesus Christ translates you out of darkness into light. Hallelujah. So we get to my favorite verse for the night, for the week. I don't know, for the year. I fell in love with this. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. This is the Passion Translation. Oh my goodness. So look at this. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude. Can your heart soar? Hey, tell me. Does your heart ever soar with gratitude? Should be happening all the time, friends. Just to think. How God made us worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to earn it. It's ours. So here's the key verse. Verse 13. He has rescued us completely. Mm. Can you say that with me? He has rescued us completely. One more time. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. It's done, friends. We have been rescued completely. Completely. Exactly. I mean, the enemy will come tomorrow and say, well, but you just don't know. I'm, I'm preaching in a couple weeks on, um, in my Sunday school class on this whole business of how the enemy gets in the door with these thoughts and these ideas and suggestions. And we constantly have this choice. Am I going to plug into the world, his ideas? And if we do, friends, anytime we are, let that thought, that thing from the cursed world, the, the, the realm of death, anytime we take that, that becomes our reality. Or we can refuse it and meditate on, focus on. I was telling Levi last Sunday night, he was using all my scriptures. I'm going to get to them in a minute. But it's really about what we meditate on. It's what thoughts I grab and think on and agree with. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved Son. For in the Son, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, all our sins are canceled. Another one you should memorize. I mean, the enemy constantly comes to remind you what you did. You can't expect to be used of God. No, 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 look at what you did. Every one of our sins are canceled, and... This is remarkable. We have the release of redemption through his blood. Say that with me. We have the release of redemption through his very blood. Doesn't most of Christendom think that it's going to happen the day you enter heaven? That's when we will have all of the redemption that Jesus paid for. I'd like you to just kind of dig into the word this week and see. Is it all going to happen when you die? Or do we just maybe have a whole lot of that redemption right now? 
right now. Hallelujah. We've talked before about the fullness of the meaning of salvation, the whole package of forgiveness. It's not just forgiveness. Remember, it includes deliverance. It includes provision and protection and healing. And even more than healing, we're talking about wholeness. Study that amazing word, shalom. And here it is. He has rescued us completely. Whew. Jesus really did mean for us to live, friends, and to operate in this world from this alternate reality. He lived always aware of his Father's presence and of the power surging through him. Um, I heard this brother the other day who was saying that he had this kind of closed vision. And he was explaining the three kinds of visions that Kenneth Hagin used to talk about. But a closed vision is when your eyes are closed and you're just seeing a, a little bit into the spirit world. But he said he was in heaven, and um, he said it was like he was on a motorcycle. There was this, and the Lord was just saying, there's this power just surging. Dare to do that with me. Can you feel it? Can you sense it? I mean, again, if it's not in the physical world, we wonder, I don't know, can it really be real? Let's get into the spirit world. It's real, friends. There's power surging through us. Resurrection power. When you lay your hands on somebody, that same power surges through you and affects other people. Do you believe that? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as Jesus lived aware of his Father's presence and of his power surging through him, we can do the same. Just as Jesus operated from the standpoint of victory, Jesus never saw himself as the defeated trying to get the victory. And this amazed me. I was thinking about that this morning. I mean, before the cross, Jesus never, when he met that demoniac, the Gadarenes, the scary guy, breaking chains and running around naked and Jesus never thought to himself, okay, I don't know how this is going to go down. I don't know who's stronger. Who's it going to be? Who's going to win? Before the cross, before the resurrection, he knew he was the winner. He knew he had the victory. He knew he would triumph. There is no contest between Satan and God. There just isn't, friends. We've got to get this in our spirits. He saw himself as the victor, the eternal champion, stripping Satan of all of his power forever and ever. So do we have to worry when we might meet up with somebody like the Gadarene? Do we have to back off and say, oh no, I didn't read my Bible yesterday. No, come on, friends. We've got to know the power of the Holy Ghost in us. And yes, it does. The more you're in his presence, the more confidence we have. There was that cool song we sang this morning about that. Hallelujah. So why am I bringing up all this alternate reality stuff? Somebody's probably wondering when we've been talking about renewing the mind and we've been talking about declarations for about a year here and the power of our words. Here's why. The only way we can really connect with this other world is with our words and with our thoughts or our beliefs. Remember what Jesus said when he started the kingdom. He said, repent. Matthew 4, 17. I gave that one to you, right, Ben? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
4.17. If we can pull it up. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's not the word for remorse, friends, when it says repent. I was hoping Natalie Watson was be, would, would be here because she just loves that Rick Renner book, The Sparkling Gems of the Greek. Has anyone seen that? Ah, it's a good book. Okay, I'm going to quote directly from his book. He says that this word, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, is not about being remorseful for your sin. It's the word metanoia. Meta meaning turn or change directions. Noose is intellect, mind, will, thinking, opinion, or a general view of life. So when they are compounded together, it's a decision to completely change the way you think, the way you live, the way you behave. Metanoia refers to a brand new course, a completely altered view of life and behavior. Yes, your friends, your relatives, your neighbors should say, she's a little different. She thinks differently than most people. Every one of us should be thinking different than the people who don't know Christ. It's not simply accepting a new idea or a new belief. It's a radical conversion to a truth that completely changes one's perspective. One's thinking, this is what Jesus is saying. He's simply saying, change the way you think because there's an alternate reality. The kingdom of God is here and it's in you. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, it's in you. It's in you. Hallelujah, friends. It's a big deal now what we think. It's always been. Joshua chapter 1. Remember God said, hey, Joshua, I got a big job ahead of you. I mean, there is this task. Moses is now dead. It's up to you. Take my people into the promised land. They've got to possess what I've set aside for them. And I want you to prosper, Joshua. I want you to succeed. This is what you got to do. Meditate. Meditate day and night on my reality. On the words of truth and the words of life. Write them out. Speak them out. Mutter them. Chew on them. Sing on them. They have to become your new reality. Psalm chapter 1. The big question is, do you want to be blessed? You want to live in that realm where the blessing dominates instead of the curse? You want to be a flourishing tree? You want to bear fruit when everything else around you is dry? Then meditate day and night on his word and on his truth. Plant yourself. Immerse yourself. Establish your heart in righteousness. Get your roots into the alternate reality. Live from the kingdom. Live from heaven's reality. We want to be able to connect so we can draw from that kingdom. For years, we've been listening to and connecting to this world of the flesh. We've been taking all our cues from the truth of the world. What we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, what we can taste and smell and touch. But we can't do that anymore, friends. The entire world of our senses is not the kingdom of God. God's word is what is reality. God's word is what is truth. And often, most of the time, guess what? They're not going to always agree. I mean, I shared my testimony um, at the women's conference. Uh, how long ago was that? Two weeks? One week? I lose track of time. I mean, the doctor said, you're not going to be able to have any children. Your husband's sperm? Dead. 
deformed. Give it up. It's not going to happen. That was the world. That was the physical reality. It was saying it's impossible. But there was another world, and it took us a while, ten and a half years before we got the... I mean, the Lord kept working, giving us the word. His, he make it the barren woman to keep house, to make a, be a joyful mother of children. You know, I can do the impossible. Blessed is she that believes. I mean, that's why we're in the word. You're gonna, you probably got an impossibility facing you right now. Something's telling you it's not gonna happen. It's not for you. But I'm here to tell you there's an alternate reality. There is a supernatural world. There is a spirit of Jesus. There's that surging. Make that motorcycle sound again for me. There's power surging in you, friend. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every word Jesus spoke, friends, every miracle was an invasion of the kingdom into the world of the physical. And it's the same with every declaration you make. I mean, that's why I'm sure there's days, no, I don't need to make my declarations today. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Every time you speak the word of God, you're allowing the kingdom to invade the physical world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time we put the living word of God on our lips and speak it into the atmosphere, it's an invasion of the kingdom into this cursed world. And not only our words, it's, well, I already talked about this whole thing of how the enemy gets his foot in the door. So join me for Sunday school in a couple weeks. That's the way God, that's the way Satan works. He just plants these ideas, plants these thoughts, plants these suggestions because he wants us to plug into this cursed world, into all the lies. But if we will meditate in God's word, praise God. We don't want to connect with the curse. We want to connect with the blessing. Hallelujah. And um, I talked to you about meditating, meditating on God's ideas. Um, it's crazy when, have you ever heard somebody say, well, I just don't know how to meditate. Believe me, you know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. What would you say? <clears throat> exactly. You ever worried? Ever? For more than two seconds? That's called meditation. Exactly. You ever go days thinking about some t- mean thing somebody said or did? Yeah, that's called meditating. Listen, we know how to meditate. So we need to meditate on God's word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We have one more scripture here. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down imaginations. This is what I'm talking about. Those imaginations, those thoughts, those ideas, those suggestions that aren't from God. We need to cast them down. Every thought, every idea, every suggestion that comes to us, we have the choice. Am I going to connect with this cursed world? Am I going to let it exalt itself against the knowledge of God? Or am I going to bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ? If we don't take it captive, it will take us captive. It's about as simple as that. So I got a couple declarations. Say it with me. In Christ... I am a new species of being. I am 
a partaker of the divine nature. I have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Therefore, I live out of that same kingdom that Jesus lives in. I live and move and have my being in Christ. I dwell, I live in, I abide in, I choose to remain in Christ. I've attached myself to Christ. And therefore, every kingdom reality is now mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. We want to just praise you, Lord, that you made it so that we are completely rescued from the tyrannical rule of darkness. Redemption has been released to us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Help us as we meditate on these truths tonight. May your word come alive to us, Lord, of the possibilities that are ours now, living out of this alternate reality. And may your people be blessed. In Jesus' name, take take us higher. Take us further. May all the possibilities of your kingdom be fulfilled in your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Anybody need prayer, I'll be glad to agree with you. Let that power surge and surge and surge. <laughs> I like it. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.